You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. betting it is monday i am ira silver i am back i am still in mexico but i'm back on the show took a few days off get some rest and relaxation so i can pick my brain get deep into that brain and give you some winners today we got a fun and exciting show my buddy and partner in crime devin ellington is on vacation as well but we got a fantastic guest today and he is none other than the don of today in sports betting, <laughs> one of his pet projects. Give it up for Mr. Dan Bespris. Dan, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Ira. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird. It's like a blast from the past to be on this pod because I I had I the reason that this show even has this name is I guess a little bit narcissistic on my side is that I had a podcast called Today in Sports Betting back in 2009, and it uh, it was a lot of fun. It felt like a nice way to incorporate the hey, we're going to do things daily for you. It's about sports and it's about betting. It knocks it all out in one title. I'm good, man. How's Mexico? Mexico is great. Um, you know, for all the uh, for all the listeners out there, you know, just uh, training with my cousin out here. He's trying to make the PGA Tour. So maybe uh, maybe one of these days we'll be able to bet him at, you know, 500 to 1 to win, a, win his first event. Um, how long until we can cash that ticket? Uh, you know, he's, he needs some time. He needs some time, but he's get he's getting there. I mean, uh, you know, if as long as you're gonna stick with the show, eventually, 
we'll ca- we'll cash a big ticket with him. Trust mm. me, he's a fantastic golfer. He's working on all the aspects of the game, very detail oriented. So just having a little bit of fun down here with him, helping him train, and kind of just taking a little bit of time to unwind, relax, get out of the you know the hustle and bustle of the uh, big cities in the in the states. You know what's crazy is I've I've lived in. Well, I haven't lived in Los Angeles my whole life, but I've lived in California for like 85 to 90% of my life, and I uh, have never crossed the southern border. Not wow, that's, I know. that's very strange, Dan. I, 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 yeah, I mean, like, you're in L.A., you're, what, two and a half hours from the border? It's pretty close. Yeah. But I never did, yeah. the, I never did the, like, the Tijuana adventure when uh, American kids turn 18. How, what's the, what's the drinking age in TJ? Like 16 and a half. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a preferred age. Yeah. My wife, I think did the, the TJ experience and I think she regrets it. So I don't feel like I missed all that much. <laughs> you know, I never went to TJ, uh, when I was of college age, I was just having too much fun in LA, but, uh, you know, oh, yeah, you're, I, a, tr- you're uh, a Trojan, I, right? I've been to Mexico quite a few times uh i've been down to cabo and whatever but yeah no i mean i love it here but uh enough about mexico uh let's jump into some games here uh but before we do that i just want to give a shout out to our sponsors over at manscape.com they just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 and their water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower because hey where else are we going to do it right it's clean it's easy i'm going to go right down the drain Go over to manscaped.com. I love mine. You should, too. Type in the promo code HOOPBALL20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. All right, Dan, we're recording this right before tip of the Bucks magic game. Uh, any thoughts on this game? We got the Milwaukee Bucks laying 13 over under 227. Uh, we'll lay it up to you with the, with the uh, NBA picks here since you're the NBA expert. What do you got to say about this one here? Yeah, I mean, nothing that I say now is going to matter because this show probably will be posted about 20 or 20 to 30 minutes after tip. But honestly, it's almost a good thing. This is a series where I've largely been uh, doing my work in game. And I, to me, this is because the bubble, the playoffs, all of you roll out together, you get into this weird, it, it just the newness maybe is the word I'm looking for of this setting. The newness of everything makes it very hard to bet these these playoff games before the tip on the side i really i've i've made a killing on totals here that there has been this wave of unders that i don't think folks were ready for uh this particular game i don't see any reason why orlando is going to stop fighting at the same time it does feel like milwaukee now is generally awake 13 is way too much for me to lay on a favorite i i don't know that in my life i've ever laid double digits on a favorite but at the same time I think you're starting to see a series now where the lines are coming into focus. The last couple games have been right around the mark, uh, so I wouldn't touch this side at all. On the total, you're kind of seeing that uh, sort of rounding into shape as well. Last game was 228. You're starting to, to the, the Bucks. their offense is waking up. They shot 56% in that ball game. There weren't many fouls called, so if you're looking for reasons why they went over in that game on the weekend... It wasn't the free throw line. It was just really good shooting on the Milwaukee side. If anything in this game, I would lean towards the under. But again, you know, game's already going to be happening by the time you're listening to this show. So if you're eyeballing that, I would say uh, look for in-game runs. Everybody's going to have them, and that's your opportunity to maybe go middle hunting on uh, something like a four or five point in-game middle. That's probably the best thing you can do once the game tips. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I've made some money. Uh, I mean, I you know, I've been a little uh, dormant on Twitter and with the pod over the last few days just because I needed to take some time off. But, uh, you know, I did make some money in game. I've always said this on the podcast. If you're a new listener, you know, you should definitely listen to this uh, advice from both Dan and myself. Uh, NBA betting preflop is probably one of the worst things you can do. It's just so difficult. There's so many runs and you can get a better number in game like almost 95% of the time. So, you know, I made a lot of money the other day with, uh, you know, in-game Indiana, in-game Boston Celtics when they were down with the Sixers, uh, I believe it was yesterday. So, you know, those are things to be looking out for. And, you know, I'll try to do a better job of posting those live bets on Twitter. But, you know, those things, you know, it, it's good to have an opinion one way or the other of, like, who you think is going to win, right, before the game starts. So if you have Boston pr- prior to the game at minus 6.5, and, and you're like, oh, I think Boston's going to win this game, but it's it might be a tight one. Six seems six, six and a half, seven seems like a big number. You know, maybe it's a good idea to, to wait and just watch. And if Philly goes up, you know, five, six, seven points, now you can take Boston minus 2.5. It's a more reasonable number for Boston to cover, right? So – these are things that I look for. These are the things that Dan looks for. And these are the things that you got to be looking for. So obviously this pod is very uh, informative into, into the way we are, where you're thinking preflop. Like, yes, we think Milwaukee will win, but 13 is a big number. So if Orlando in the first quarter or the second quarter can kind of put it together and now they're up eight points, maybe you can get the Bucks coming back on the run on the live betting at minus six, minus five and a half, minus six and a half. That's a more reasonable number. That's a number I'm willing to lay, right? Yeah. So, I, I, by the way, just to, just to keep, follow up on that yeah. too, uh, sorry to jump in on you. The other advantage to doing what you're talking about is you also get an opportunity to see the way the two teams are feeling each other out. So you're not, you're not working with the, you know, the one, <laughs> when I worked in baseball, I used to say to anyone that would listen, which was not enough people, but now that there's, there's <laughs> now that they're podcasts, nobody has any choice, uh, is that I, I thought pregame shows were the biggest waste of my time in broadcasting. Cause everything you're doing at that point is like, all right, well, here's what the papers say. Here's what the numbers say should happen. And they give you an indicator, but once the game's happening, you have all these other factors at play, motivational stuff, schemes, especially in the NBA, you get into that more than baseball, which is really just a series of one-on-one battles in, in sort of the overall ball game. But like looking back at the first game between Milwaukee and Orlando, as that game was going, you had opportunities to get the Bucks at minus four, minus two, pick them as an underdog. But also while you're watching that game, you can't help but thinking, look, Orlando's playing the better game right now. Sure, Milwaukee, it feels like, has the talent and the wherewithal to come back and win this thing, but Milwaukee was taking the tougher shots. Orlando was playing the better defense, getting the easier looks on offense. I've seen, you know, I think we've seen a lot of that in the Miami-Indiana series as well, where, uh, even though Indiana has been consistently competitive, those games have been tight into the early parts of the fourth quarter in every single ball game, but I don't know that there's been a single game in that series where I haven't watched the teams played and thought Indiana's getting the better shots right now. So you can kind of you can feel it out with your eyes in addition to waiting for the line to move to the right spot and just say, look, you know, Miami early in the fourth quarter down two points, you could still say look, this is the team that's getting better looks. They're getting easier looks on offense. They're they're forcing tougher shots. That stuff, it doesn't always revert to the mean over one ball game, but it fairly often does. 
And that's why you can get those in-game lines. You know, if Milwaukee goes down, I'm going to try to bring this full circle now to what you were talking about. If Milwaukee goes down by five, six, seven points, I don't know, early in the ballgame or early in the second quarter, and you're just like, wow, Orlando's hitting a ton of jump shots right now, and they're hitting a ton of jump shots with a hand in their face, those numbers do tend to level off even in the short term. That's when you could jump in on the favorite at the lower mark. But if it's like, oh, wow, Orlando's getting anything they want. They're laying, it's all layups. They're shooting 60% because Milwaukee's not guarding anyone. Maybe you lean the other way. You say, look, I'm not, I'm just not going to touch Milwaukee until they show that they're more focused in. So a lot of ways you can handle that in-game stuff, but it, it does give you that added advantage of actually being able to see with your own eyes, which team deserves to be the one winning and where the numbers should fall. If there's a disconnect there, there's an opportunity for some value. Yeah, and that's where I've made a lot of my money. And, you know, I think it's super important, like, especially if someone really understands basketball, right? Like, there's a lot of sports betters out there that don't watch any of the games or they're not too familiar with NBA in terms of the, the ins and outs, the little, you know, intricacies of the game. But, you know, I've been playing basketball since I was, I mean, since I can remember, right? So, you know, a lot of what I do in, in game wagering is exactly what you're talking about. I'm watching how they're getting their points. Uh, are they getting, are they making these jump shots, jump shots, jump shots, which is hands in their face because it, it's going to turn around. It's going to regress. Right. Yep. So that those are the types of exactly those types of things that I'm looking for as well when I'm making my in, in game uh, basketball wagers. But uh, Dan, before we jump into the uh, Rockets Thunder game, just want to ask you: Did you see that? Uh, did you see that three pointer by Jamal Murray at the end of the game, and uh, Embiid at the end? I believe it was Embiid <laughs> at the end of the game. I mean, two two threes that meaningless to most people, but had a lot of implications <laughs> on certain bets. You know, yeah. halftime bets, live bets, uh, total bets. I believe Jamal Murray's three made the made them push the second half line a meaningless three i mean that's just that, that's this type of stuff that you know drives betters crazy yeah pretty weird right i you know those are those ones where it's really hard because in the moment you're like come on what's happening here that what are you doing uh meanwhile there was a game oh, crap i forget which one it was was it uh was it the Brooklyn game? Well, I'm not going to slow the podcast down for it. But it was one of the games over the weekend where the team that was losing by a number right around the line chose to dribble the clock out. Yes, that was a- I, believe it, I believe it was Brooklyn, but I'm not 100% sure. But yes, I remember that happening. Over right? That was, that was fairly unusual. We're like, huh, interesting. Usually the losing team will just drive in there for an uncontested layup, and then the winning team dribbles it out. And in that one, the losing team decided to dribble out. I think a three-pointer would have actually brought them to the other side. I think a two might have might have been a push. I, I don't remember exactly. I'm, the weekends are tougher for me. My, my brain ends up in a childcare haze. Um, but yeah, the, the one thing you have to do, and this is now addressing the, the listeners again, in those scenarios is you just have to try to block it out of your head because those types of things should end up at about a 50-50 split over, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 wagers. Those are the 50-50 ones where you remember the ones that lose, uh, but they should even out. What you got to do as a better is you got to win more easy ones than lose easy ones, if that makes sense. That's that's where you make your push up and over 52.4%. 
that's where you make your profit. Those 50-50 ones will drive you crazy, but you have to just forget about it and move to the next thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Dan, we got a really fun one here. Uh, Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder. Rockets are laying two and a half on the money line. They're minus 155. Total in this game is 223 and a half. Um, Rockets are going to be without Russell Westbrook still for the foreseeable future. Uh, Thunder look like they're getting a little bit of uh, getting on a little bit of a roll with their victory in overtime over the weekend. Any thoughts here for you on this one? I mean, again, we don't like to bet these things pre-flop maybe, but do you have a, a side that you're looking for to take advantage of maybe in the in-game wager? Because we know both of these teams can go on some big runs. So if one team or the other, is there a side you like to come back into live game wagering? Here? That's a great way to phrase it, Ira. I, I'm looking for an opportunity to bet the Rockets at whatever good number I can find. And here's my two reasonings on it. And I might, I'm on the same page as you, so I want to hear these reasons. Yeah, and I wonder if, they, I wonder if we agree on this too. Number one, I, I would be really surprised if Lugans Dort ended another ballgame with only three personal fouls. I can almost guarantee that between games here, there's been internal discussions on either, A, how do we get this guy into foul trouble? How do we lobby the officials for it? He's played great defense on James Harden. But at some point, Harden is going to get some of the calls that perhaps he wanted but wasn't. And he fouled out in that last ball game. The other thing is more of a scheme situation. To me, the Rockets played as a team, almost as poorly as they could in this ballgame. And I know a lot of that falls on Eric Gordon, who... <laughs> I gotta stop to clown on Eric Gordon for just a moment, and I apologize if there are Gordon fans listening. There are some guys in the NBA where they stop and take a shot, and my first thought is, ah, crap, that's going in. And with Gordon, as soon as he stops and fires, my first thought is, here comes a brick. And that's that's a bad look, man. He's He is... He's like, he's ice cold. I feel like every time I watch him, he's ice cold. Rob Covington, uh, there were foul issues. He didn't play well in that last ball game. The only player on the Rockets I thought that had a good ball game was Jeff Green. And to me, on the other side, Shea played great. Chris Paul was good. Schroeder finally woke up, had a good game. Gallo salvaged a good game despite his field goal percent being down. They got everything they could ask for from all of their scores. And, and so, they still had to go to overtime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was the point there. <laughs> exactly. Houston needed Houston needed to play a marginally decent game, and they would have won that in regulation. And and so when I look at this next one, I'm like, I still don't see what the Thunder can do schematically to beat this Rockets team. Because the Rockets are switching everything, and so everything the Thunder get ha- is is harder, right? Doesn't it feel like everything the Thunder are doing takes a little bit more effort than everything the Rockets are doing. And so you combine that with the fact that I, I think Harden finds a way to sort of get the upper hand on Dort when that one-on-one thing is happening. Uh, and I think Houston ends up winning this game. But like you said, you know, the Rockets go cold from three. There's a 12-0 OKC run, and all of a sudden you can get them at a dog line. So that's that's a great reason to wait if you... What are, what are the odds of Houston that Houston just wins this game wire to wire? Not that high, right? Not that high. And it, it kind of, this series, you know, it's interesting. When I look at this series, it does kind of remind me a little bit of the Indiana Pacers uh, Miami series a little bit. Yeah. And, and the reason is, is because both teams are capable of making runs. Both teams are capable of keeping it close. But at the end of the day, Miami is most likely going to win the game because they're getting easier looks. They play better defense and and they're making Indiana take harder shots. 
And the same thing with the Thunder. They just look like they're not struggling on offense, but they're working hard on offense. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to work hard on offense and also stop James Harden. You know, so I actually feel the same way about the Philly series to some degree, right? All those games were pretty competitive, but it just felt like every shot the Sixers was taking was one degree of difficulty harder than the Celtics. And so at the end, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's how Boston ended up by six. That's how Boston ended up by seven or eight or whatever it was. It was just that little bit over 48 minutes. It becomes three or four possessions. That's how it works. Exactly. And that's kind of, and and I feel exactly the same way. So I'm going to try and wait. I'm going to try and watch and I'm going to try and bet the Rockets at either a little bit of plus money, even money, or, you know, even, even at minus, I like it at minus two and a half pre-flop, but I I think I get a better number. I think Oklahoma can get out to elite some point late first, early second. And if you don't get the better number, don't chase. It's okay to sit one out. This is the plan. You stick to the plan. You uh, you got to execute. It, yeah, it, it's all it's all fine. And it's all fine when you have a plan. But if that plan goes awry, don't don't feel bad about it. We got the next game on the board, which yeah, exactly. is the Indiana Pacers <laughs> Miami Heat that we're about to talk about. You know, what's funny is this one. I'm finally now leaning the other direction, mostly not, not because I think anything different is going to happen in this series necessarily, but because the line finally is reflecting what we've seen on the court, which is that Miami is a couple possessions better. But instead of now laying four, Miami's laying six and a half. I think it's up to six and a half now. Um, and that's it a lot. Is. Miami, Miami six and a half total is 217 and a half. Um, I like the uh, I like the under. I don't think the Heat are taking 52 free throws again in this ballgame. And the defense has been good on both sides. Without the free throws, that last ballgame is at least 15 to 20 points lower on the total. And I like Indy because it's a lot of points. And you don't have that. I was talking about this actually on, on Fantasy NBA Today briefly. There's something weird about the bubble and being an underdog where you feel like one little thing could actually tip the series. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply much more substantially because they don't ever have to go to Miami. You know, if, if what if Goran Dragic turned an ankle? He's actually been pretty injury prone the last three years of his career, and he's been awesome. What if Dragic turns an ankle? What if, what if Adebayo bangs his head on someone's knee or something like that? The series changes so substantially when it's this close from the beginning that for Indiana, they're just, to me, their mindset has got to be something like, let's just grind, man. You never know what's going to happen. And if they, if someone goes down on their side or we find something that we can do against their defense more consistently, the whole series can change 
on a snap because they never have to deal with a road issue. Every game is at the same place. If you suddenly become the slightly better team, there's nothing to shift that away from you. So I actually like Indiana. There's a lot of points to to give to a team that I think is going down swinging. Uh, Indy and the under for me in this ball game. Yeah, and I'm on the same page as you. I actually tried taking a shot with the Pacers pregame uh, last game. I got, I believe it was five with the Pacers, and I thought, oh, five, you know, five is an interesting number here. I think the Pacers can keep it competitive. Now, when they when they got down big, I, I live bet it, you know, so I was <laughs> able to recoup some money back and make a little bit more back on the comeback, you know, with the live game. But you know, right here, six and a half, seven, whatever you can find out there, I think it's a decent number to bet preflop. And yeah. I would be looking for more opportunities in game to bet the Pacers if the Miami Heat were able to, you know, again, go up, you know, 23 to 11, 33 to 26, something like that. You maybe you get eight, nine, 10 points, nine and a half, something like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's the side I'm looking for here as well. I'm glad we're on the same page as well because. You know, you're the guru of the NBA, so I, I always like being on the same page as you when it comes to that, so I'm <laughs> well, glad that my thought process is the same here. Let's, let's wait until they're all over to, to celebrate being on the same Listen, side. Listen, it's not about, Dan, it's, and I, I try to explain this to people who ask me about sports betting all the time. It's not about the results, okay? Listen, at the end of the day, yes, we want to make money. We want to win money. It comes down to what's your process. What? what yeah, it's, I don't look at performance-based results. I look at what the process, right? Now, if I was, if I'm betting a side, and it loses, but I know it was the right side, dude. I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game. I know it's the right side. Side. I get screwed by the ref, or I get whatever. You know what I mean? I know in my heart of hearts, I made the right decision pre-flop or in-game, right? But. But at the end of the day, we got to win some money, so let's give out some winners. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's how I feel about that Philly game three side. Eight points. Eight points in the money with 85 seconds left, and they biffed it. They biffed it. On to the next one. Yeah, on to the next one. And that and that will bring us with the nightcap here. Los Angeles Lakers against the Trail Blazers. Lakers are laying seven over under 226 and a half here. Um I like a side here. I want to know what your thoughts are and see if we're on the same page here as well. And there's opportunities. There's going to be plenty of opportunities all game to bet one side, both sides, middle, whatever you want, right? So give me give me your thoughts on this one here for the, uh, the, the, the late night game on the West Coast. So, you know, I feel like we almost could apply the discussion we've had on most of these series to almost all of them. And I'm going to lump this one into the mix as well. Where in game one, that was way the hell back on Tuesday of last week, uh, both teams were taking bad shots, but there was an analysis, and I forget who broke it down. I want to give him credit, but I, I screwed it up. There was an analysis of game one, way back on Tuesday, that showed that the Lakers were expected to score 40, 4-0 more points than they did in that first ball game based on the quality of looks they were getting on offense. That's how bad they actually were on an individual game shooting basis. Like, their shots were all wide open, and no one made any of them. The one thing that's been consistent in this series is the Lakers' defense. They held Portland to, whatever it was, 100 points in the first game, 88 in Game 2. Portland scored 108 in Game 3, and the only, you know, the... As I look at these games, again, I, uh, these games I've watched every second of. As a Laker fan, this is where I can sort of shut my pragmatism off when I'm actually watching the games. And the Blazers got 
great jump shooting performances from Mello, McCollum, and to some degree, not quite as great, but still pretty good from Dame in Game 3. And that got him to 108. The Blazers still aren't guarding the Lakers. And so now when I'm looking at this series, you're seeing the one consistent thing. The Lakers' defense has held Portland to those marks, and and the only thing that's shifting is how good has Portland been on their jump shots on a game-to-game basis. That said... The Blazers aren't going anywhere. You know, they're they, Dame, CJ, they're going to fight tooth and nail until the end. And the Lakers shooting woes also don't seem like they're going anywhere. So for that reason, I actually think the side is is relatively good. I think if you can find an opportunity to get the Lakers at a lower number, I would consider it. Uh, but I, I think there's a very real chance that this ballgame ends up tight. Uh, I don't know if LeBron and AD shoot the ball as well as they did in Game 3 either. But um, I think there's... a you can probably get a pretty good feel for how the game is going early. Are the shots dropping for the two teams? Consider an in-game totals wager as a possibility. But I do think the the Lakers end up going up 3-1 at the end of this ballgame. Where are you leaning on this game? I'm gonna go back to uh, I'm gonna go back to the TV ratings here, and I'm gonna say that the Blazers are gonna tie it up and they're going to win this game outright tonight. Uh, it's a little bit of a hot take. It's a little bit of a crazy take. I'm going to throw a little <laughs> bit of pizza money on it. I'm not going to actually throw a whole unit on it. But <clears throat> I think that there's going to be an opportunity where I can get better than plus 275. So I'm going to go ahead and wait for the Lakers to take a 10-point lead uh, and then hopefully get 4-1 to one on my money, something like that. And I'm going to bet the Blazers at 4-1. to one. I'm also going to bet the Blazers at plus 13.5 or 12.5, whatever number that is. And then on the comeback, when the Blazers take the lead, I'm going to take. I'm going to try and see if I can get a good number with the Lakers at maybe plus four and a half, plus five. I do think it's going to be a tight one. I think the Trailblazers are going to take this one tonight by a margin of two to three points. Yeah, if it's that close at the very end, uh, I'd be very afraid if I'm the Lakers because you definitely don't have the better end of game shot takers and shot makers. The, the reason I have some confidence now that I didn't, I actually thought the Blazers were going to win game three over the weekend because I thought they were due to have a better shooting game and it seemed like they did and then it still wasn't enough. I guess the question that I have for this game and this series is, is Portland ever going to guard anyone? And I don't know. I just like we haven't seen it all season or the bubble or the playoffs. So I don't know why I should think that they're suddenly going to start figuring out how to defend somebody tonight that's that's now, where I, I get think stuck it, i don't think it's coming down at a defense dan now, if you watch game three uh as closely as i did i think it comes down to the rebounding yeah they did get uh, they got so every time there. i looked up it was an offensive rebound lakers offensive rebound lakers lakers rebound no offensive boards for portland i think that hassan whiteside and nurkage and the and the cast of characters over there in portland really going to clamp down tonight they're going to i think I, i'm expecting a big game from nurkage uh, I'm expecting a big game from Dame. It's Dame time. Let's go. Tie it up 2-2. Two, two. Let's get a better number in game. They That's need Nurk. Point. They need Nurk real bad, and he's just getting yeah, pushed Yeah, he had around. a horrible game in game three. Yeah, he's opinion. he hasn't looked very good in the series. He's He was winded. He's getting pushed around by... The Lakers are big, so we have to give them some credit there. They're a giant team overall. They are overall. big. They are a big team. <laughs> Dwight has been... I actually think Dwight's been pretty good. I've, I've want you listen. You and I had agreed on that for a long time. I've hated Dwight as long as I can remember. I feel like he's been one of the sort of problem children of the NBA. Uh, Absolutely. But he's he's been really good for the Lakers this year, and just as sort of a guy to come in and knock people around, he's been he's been perfect in this series. He's just beating people up. And you know who also had a bad game in Game Three? 
besides Nurkic, is one of my favorite players to talk about, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think Carmelo's going to come out with some fire tonight. I'm not a huge Carmelo Anthony guy. Listen, do I think he's a great scorer? Yes. Um, I think he's going to come out tonight. He's really going to show up to tie this game, to tie this series up 2-2. He's going to come out and really get it going here tonight. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of the same thing with, I, I know he's one of the top scorers in the NBA, but it's just like every time he touches the ball, it's like kind of your reaction with Eric Gordon. It's like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, dude, what? Do, it's just like, pass the ball, man. Get the ball moving. Let's get some... Let's get some spread the floor. Why are we going one on one? You post up fadeaway jump shot. I understand it's your move. I understand, but can we can we move the ball around a little bit? You know, so uh, I think he's going to come out tonight, guns blazing, and I'm looking for the Blazers tonight um, to to win this game. And if not, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be maybe a quarter to a half unit on that, and then I'm going to bet maybe one to two units on the Portland Trail Blazers in game if I can get you know close to double digits. Um, so. That's kind of where I'm leaning in this one. Yeah, I'm not touching it before tip. Not touching it. No, at no, 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 no. I'm not touching it before tip either. Um, I think yeah, that, I mean, that's I think why that's, I like the idea of seeing if the shots are falling. I mean, you can get a pretty good feel almost right out of the gate. And that's what you saw in uh, in game three. The shots were falling and it got right up near the total number um, until the fourth quarter. Then it seemed like the jumpers stopped dropping. Portland got tired. Uh, I think I think you can get a pretty good feel pretty relatively early in this game as to whether those jumpers are going down because that's been, I mean, f- actually heavily that's Portland's offense. If they're not getting much out of Nurk, it's going to be a lot of jumpers, and so you have. A, I think you can get a pretty good idea early of whether or not that's something that's going to be working for them. Yep, uh, Dan. Before we let you go here with the NBA, I just want to ask you real quick. Man, what a game yesterday! Clippers Mavericks. Oh my God! I yeah, so I don't get to watch a ton of basketball on the weekends, um, but I'm lucky. I had a buddy that texted me that that game was getting crazy late, and <laughs> so I <laughs> I also edited our Hoopball Clippers podcast that Brandon put out right after the ball game, which was basically like uh, Brandon and and uh, Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film yelling about why Reggie Jackson was even in the ballgame at the end. It's a good question. Why was Reggie Jackson in the game for that Luka shot? And then he ended up on him? That feels like a big error. Let's rewind, though, Dan. Let's, re- let's, let's bring it back here before we, before we say goodbye to you. What, 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 why is Kawhi, at the end of regulation, um, taking a fadeaway three-pointer when the game's tied? Or a fadeaway long two. It just seemed a little ridiculous that he didn't attack the basket. He had plenty of time. He had the ball in his hands with 10 seconds to go, and he decides to go with a fadeaway when he had a clear lane to the basket. I don't know. So I'm just I'm just curious about that call by by you know supposedly a great coach in Doc Rivers. Not still don't really understand some of the things that they did yesterday in the game, both offensively and defensively. I, I think this I think this Clippers team has a lot of leaks. I do think they have a lot of leaks. I don't think they're as good as everyone says they are. I thought they'd be better. I'll admit that. I, I thought that they would I thought they put the clamps down in this series and it doesn't I don't know. There's been does it feel like a lack of focus to some degree? I know Dallas has an all time fantastic offense this year, like one of the best in NBA history, but it just it doesn't feel like the Clippers are imposing themselves the way that I expected them to. Are they 
Do you think they're not playing as hard as they should? Is this a Paul George problem? Because he's definitely been an issue for them in this series. He's been he's been flat out non-existent in this series. I think since game one, right? I mean, is that, is that it? Is that is that the problem, or is it? I've I've argued on another podcast that I think they need Pat Beverly to wake him up, even if he's not as quick as he normally is. He's kind of their he's sort of their emotional spirit animal, right? Where when he's on the floor. They fight, they dive on the ground, they're attacking all the time, and when he's out, there's like, yeah, it's okay, we'll let Dallas put up a buck 30. I'm also confused as to why Montrezl Harrell isn't playing more. I know Zubak's been great, but Harrell's one of those guys that really electrifies the team, both on the defensive side and the offensive side with his power slams. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand what Doc Rivers is doing. I really, really don't get it, so... Uh, listen, I don't care because I have Dallas to win the championship at 90-1. to 1, So I'm hoping Dallas wins. <laughs> and if Kristaps Porzingis didn't get a bu- BS ejection, I don't know if I'm allowed to say bullshit on the air here. but you Say whatever he the hell get you a, want. What? You can say whatever the hell you want. It's your show. All right. Well, if he didn't get a bullshit, <laughs> stupid ejection, I mean, uh, I, you know, Mavericks Mavericks should have won. Mavericks would have won that game. Mavericks should yeah, be they up might 3-1. Be, they might very well be up 3-1. Yeah, there's there's – I, when I watch this one, I don't. I maybe I'm wrong. I I'm, I feel less confident in this take than I do in some of the other series we're watching. There's just, it just feels like there's a weird energy issue with the Clippers right now. I don't I don't know how that gets solved, but my best guess is it gets solved if Pat Beverly comes back. No team with him ever has an energy problem, and I know that he's not like a superstar or a massive difference maker, but there's just. They just played different. I think they're a sub-500 team when he's off the court this year. They're like 11-12 and 12 or 12-13 and 13 in the 25 games he's missed, and they're like 20 games over when he plays, which is weird because, statistically speaking, you wouldn't see a ton in what he does, but he's, he's their motor. So, I, to me, I, maybe that's just the way you go with the Clippers. Fade him if Pat Bev is out, back him if he's in. But it's weird. There's something wrong with them right now, and that's... Not great because uh, I thought they'd be going. I thought they were going to the finals, but they don't look right. They do not look right. But uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on and talking a little, chopping it up, giving me a little basketball tips, giving the listeners some basketball tips. I'm glad we're on the same page on a lot of these uh, on a lot of these games here. Where where can everyone find you on on the on the Bird app on Twitter? Ah, the Bird app. If you can spell my last name, you can find me. It's Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris. D A N B E S B R I S. Thanks, Ira. This was fun. Anytime. Yeah, we we got to do it again soon. Thanks so much, Dan. And uh, now I will go ahead and break down the last the two NHL uh, playoff games we got for tonight. I've been on a little bit of a heater here in the NHL. And it's been a lot of fun. But before we go ahead and dive into that, I just want to remind everybody, go over to mybookie.ag, create an account, get a 100% match on your first deposit, and you'll get a $10 free MLB futures wager. And, uh, you know, if if you listen to my podcast, if you listen to Today in Sports Betting, you know there's some teams that I like on the futures market here uh, to win win it all. So, um, you know, go sign it up. Go sign up. Use the promo code Hoopball, and uh, you'll get 100% match on your first deposit and that $10 free MLB futures wager. Uh, we got the first game up on the board here tonight. Uh, we got two games. First game is the New York Islanders against the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you guys know how much I do like the Flyers. Uh, but in this situation here, they have a really, really tough matchup against the Islanders. Uh, Islanders play fantastic hockey. They're 
they're phenomenal at the defensive side and they're very efficient in their goal scoring, especially in the, in the, in the uh, first series that you guys saw, if you were watching any of it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've been on fire in the NHL. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's been, it's my favorite sport to watch. Uh, I just really, really love it. So, you know, I'm looking here at the Islanders minus one Oh five on the money line. And if I would have a slight lean to the under, minus 115, you have two very capable goalies in uh, Carter Hart and Varlama for the Islanders. So I'm looking for the Islanders here to win this game, minus 105, and a uh, slight lean to the under of five at minus 115. Uh, the Islanders have been playing fantastic hockey right now, and I think that they put the clamps down on this Flyers offense. Um, and they, they definitely can can score against Carter Hart with how efficient they are on the offensive side. Uh, you know, second game up, last game of the night here, Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, it looks like you're going to have Kadobin in goal for the Stars again against Frank Franco for the Avalanche. Now, this is a uh, game that I had right the other night when these teams first met. I had Dallas at plus 140, I believe, and um, – you know, that was a fantastic game. I mean, Dallas just absolutely annihilated them. High-scoring game. I'm looking here for another high-scoring game and another Stars victory. I like the plus money here. Uh, I don't think that the Stars are getting as much credit as they deserve. They do have a lot of firepower on the offensive side. And Kadobin is a very capable goalie. I know he's no Ben Bishop, but Ben Bishop just hasn't been looking right here. So uh, I do like Kadobin in net, and I do like the matchup on the other side of Frank Coe, who's, you know, in my opinion, not not that great. Um, and, you know, he's not as good as Grubauer. So I'm looking for the stars here again at plus money, plus 130. I'm looking to the over five and a half. I think it's going to be another six goal plus game here. And that's my NHL picks. Uh, I've been on fire with them, so hopefully you tail them. Hopefully we win some, uh, and we win some, and we win this plus money bet. Hopefully we go 2-0 on the uh, hockey tonight. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining uh, me on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed Dan Bestress's uh, little nuggets of information there. Look for some live in-game wagering today on the NBA. Uh, look for some look for some hockey wins tonight. And, uh, you know, you know where you can find me. I'm at Iris Silver Magic. We are at HoopBall Gaming. This is a HoopBall presentation. That's hoop-ball.com. Make sure you go to manscaped.com, type in the promo code HoopBall20 to get 20% off and free shipping on the Lawnmower 3.0 and all the other great gadgets they have over there. And make sure you go to myboogie.ag, promo code HoopBall, and get that free $10 MLB futures wager and the 100% match on your deposit. Thanks so much for joining, and we will see you next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.